The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up, author and pastor Dr. Robert Jeffress explains why not all roads lead to heaven. And I said, it's the same way with God. We're all perishing. But God, not because He hates us, but because He loves us, says, here is a way out. Here is a way to escape. Tackling difficult questions like, can people be saved who have never heard of Christ? What about those who worship God by another name? Do children automatically go to heaven when they die? Next on Life Today. So glad you're here. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to Life Today. Dr. Robert Jeffress, who is pastor of First Baptist Dallas, is with us. You've been seeing Dr. Jeffress on a lot of the news programs, uh, and sometimes I've, I've kind of watched as he's trying to make a point. You know, it's a great point. He just gets cut off and interrupted. Well, that won't be the case here. Uh, he's going to get to tell you what's on his heart, and we're going to talk about a book that I think is very, very important, and this title is most appropriate. Not all roads lead to heaven. Not all roads lead to better, and they don't certainly lead to best. Uh, this man understands the road to best and the road to heaven. Would you welcome Dr. Robert Jeffers to <laughs> life today? Thank you so much. Good to, That'd be good to see you. Thank you so much. All right, I want, I want to ask you a question now. All right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and cut to the chase. <laughs> I believe that if we as Christians have been commissioned to be witnesses and the Lord has said that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that seems to imply that salt in the dime that Jesus made that statement was known as a preservative of the precious. That's right. And I think Christians should help preserve the precious yeah. life and everything pertaining to life and godliness. And then if you're light, you illuminate the way. That's right. And you expose the error and the danger. So if Christians do that, and since politics deal with everything pertaining to life, and now they've decided to godliness too, or demanding the lack of it and the redefining of it, I think Christians need to be very much involved in what's happening in this world. Would you agree as a pastor that for a Christian to opt out of that which determines the leadership in our nation, the policies and the laws under which we must live and labor, that they should actively be involved in the process of selecting the wisest possible leadership. Absolutely, and I think, James, the reason this country is in the sorry shape it's in is not because of unbelievers. I don't blame unbelievers. It's wimpy, waffling Christians who have failed to be that salt you're talking about. Salt is a preservative. It won't prevent the decay of meat, but it delayed the decay. It prevented the premature rotting of the meat, and we're to do the same thing. We ought to be involved in influencing this culture, and that means to get out of the salt shaker and actually penetrate other people so that we can not prevent the destruction of the world, but delay it so that we have enough time to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible. You know, we've never been called as Christians to save America. We've been called to save Americans from the coming judgment of God by introducing them to faith in Christ. But the reason we want to influence our culture is to give us our, the time we need to share 
the real gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why I really wrote this book, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven. Most Christians don't understand the most foundational doctrine of Christianity, and that is there are not many ways to God. There is one way to God. And the most disturbing statistic I came up with and found, James and Betty, was this. 58% of evangelical Christians believe there is more than one way to God other than faith in Jesus That's Christ. That's professing evangelicals. You've got to wonder if they're possessing what they confess. Well, I and believe... they believe like that because it's so far from truth. It is, and it is surrendering the most basic belief. And look, I think one reason they are surrendering this, they have fallen into Satan's trap of believing that to say to people there's only one way to heaven, why, that's hateful. That's judgmental to tell them that. The reason Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but through me, is not to keep people out of heaven, it's to allow people into heaven. To show them the way clearly. And that's why I've really written this book, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven, to help Christians rediscover and share this truth in a bold but a compassionate way. Well, and I know that's what's on your heart. It's, uh, it's what you want to see happen. I want to ask you a question because people have asked me about it. You've introduced Donald Trump a couple of places, <laughs> and you made this statement. You said, I believe he could be a great president. Yeah. I want to ask you this question. Do you believe that Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or Rubio or Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders could only be a great president if they had the wisdom that God offers and they were willing to receive it and line up with the foundation that this, this freedom is built and stands on. That for any of them to be great, yes. they've got to line up with those principles. Oh, I absolutely believe that. And I want to say this very clearly. You know, in our faith, we never compromise. Unfortunately, in politics, you sometimes have to compromise. And sometimes it's the lesser of two evils that you're choosing. But, you know, when it comes to people asking me, well, why would you pray for Donald Trump and so forth? Well, I've been asked to pray before thousands and millions of people when I got to invoke God's blessing on our country and talk about Jesus Christ who came and died and rose again that we might have eternal life. What pastor wouldn't want to share that message? Interestingly, Donald Trump is the only presidential candidate who has asked me to pray in public. <laughs> and uh, I think that's quite interesting. And by the way, Saturday, when I was with him, I gave him a copy of my book, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven. <laughs> so it's a book for everybody. Whether you have a billion dollars or no dollars, it's a message that's for everybody. And it is. It is. Everybody needs a, a relationship with Christ. And uh, that would go for candidates. It would go for every voter. All we us. want people to know the Lord. Uh, you know, I did crusade evangelism for about 25 years in the stadium and coliseums. And you said you started listening to me when you were pretty young. Yeah. <clears throat> and you, you said that, that you were blessed. I was preaching Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. That message has never changed. There is no other way. You said a moment ago that for him to tell you the truth about the future and access to life, was in no way being unkind. It was being lovingly merciful and gracious to say this is the way to everything your heart longs for and needs. It is the way to everything the Father has yeah. for you. That's a message of love. It really is. Let me tell you one of the things that caused me to write this book. I was on a plane one time seated next to a guy. We were flying to Seattle and you know, 
always there's a conversation that starts and he asked me the question, what do you do for a living? Now, if I'm busy or have work or don't want to talk, I always say I'm a Southern Baptist preacher. That cuts off the discussion right there, guaranteed to. But something sensed in me, I needed to talk to this guy. So I said, I'm a Christian writer. He said, really, what kind of books do you write? And I said, well, I write books about God and our relationship with God. He said, well, that's interesting. Christian writer. He said, you know, I used to be a Christian. Well, that got my interest. I said, used to be? He said, yes, but I gave it up. And I said, well, why did you give it up? And he said, I could not accept that there is a God who is intolerant, so intolerant that he would say there's only one way to eternal life. And so we were talking, and I said, well, just imagine that this plane were to crash right now. The flight attendant gave me a dirty stare, so I lowered my preacher voice <laughs> to uh, conversational mode. I said, suppose this plane were to crash right now. It was on fire. Smoke was filling the cabin. The flight attendant stood at the front of the plane, waving a light, saying, follow me. There's one way out of this airplane. Would you accuse her of being intolerant or hateful? because you were saying there was only one way out of the plane, you would thank her, and if you had good sense, you would follow her. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's the same way with God. We're all perishing. But God, not because he hates us, but because he loves us, says, here's a way out. Here is a way to escape. And that's what the message is of this book, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven. We need to be able to share with people of all faiths or no faith that there's one way to God, and that's because he loves us, not because he hates us. Why do you think some people choose the other roads for a while to, to you know, it just... I think, Betty, that's a great question. I think it is pride a lot of times. It's hard for some people to humble themselves before God and admit that they're sinners. You know, one of the questions I address in the book is, well, what about sincere followers of other religions, you know, who worship God in another way? You know, I believe that those people uh, have chosen another way because they've rejected the truth that God has given them. You know, somebody has said, you know, all idolatry is based on imagining things about God and acting as if they were true. And I think Romans 1 teaches that everybody has received a revelation of the true God, but those who reject that revelation have created their own gods. And that's what, whether it's Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, these are not sincere followers who want to know the truth. They have rejected whatever truth God has given them, and they have purposefully gone after other gods. And they've been deceived by others who have misled them. And if you look at the person Jesus and the example that he set and the love that he expressed and the price that he paid that we might be redeemed and forgiven and justified, you, you really see the love of God on display in the person Christ. And you see what the loving father is really like. So you're really rejecting everything that amounts to life and hope and the future. And it, it, it is absolutely staggering to me. I wonder if many people reject Jesus because they've seen church people and religious people that didn't seem to show them anything that had happened meaningful in their life. Don't you think churches are so often filled with people who don't actually have a relationship with the person they claim to believe in? Oh, I think, I think that's absolutely true. 
But I think you and I both agree that's not going to help anybody get into heaven to point at hypocritical church members. We're all responsible for the revelation God has given us. And uh, Romans 1 says that's why everyone is without excuse. You know, one of the questions I answer in this book, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven, is well, what about those who have never heard the gospel? Are you saying God is going to condemn them? Listen, nobody is going to be sent to hell for rejecting a gospel they've never heard. People are sent to hell for rejecting the revelation God's already given them, but they've rejected. You know, Romans 1 says anybody can look into the heavens and know that there is a God. The Creator revealed Himself That's in what right. He created. And listen to this. Even though that revelation of God is not enough to save a person, it's enough if rejected to condemn a person. Mm. You take this Syrian girl who's 12 years old and she's never heard of Jesus. She looks into the heavens and says, you know, I believe there's a God who created this. Can that save her? No. But I believe with all of my heart that when God sees a heart like that that really wants to know Him, He'll send the further revelation about Jesus. That's what Life Outreach is all about. These projects you have all around the world, this ministry is dedicated to taking the knowledge of Jesus Christ to people who have never heard Him. And I think it's no accident that missionaries go to where they go, that radio signals or television signals like this program, God is more interested in that person being saved than we are. You say, you really mean God can take the message of Christ to some place we've never heard of if he sees a heart that wants to know him? Think about the Ethiopian eunuch. Exactly. There he is in his chariot uh, 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 coming from Africa on his way back. In the desert. And he's reading, doesn't know what in the world this means, but he wants to know God. God raises up Philip miraculously to come and sit beside him. I want to have Philip's motor travel. <laughs> I know it. That's a lot quicker. <laughs> or think about Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, the Roman centurion. The Bible says he was a Gentile, but he loved the true God of Israel. He prayed, he gave to the poor. Now listen, by most people's standards, that should be enough to go into heaven. But it wasn't. God said he needed to hear the gospel, so he sends Peter to share That's the gospel right. with him. When God sees a heart that wants to know him, you can depend that he will send the knowledge to him. And the way he sends that knowledge may be through life outreach, it may be through my program, it may be through the audience sitting out there right now. God uses you as the means to get that gospel message to that person. Exactly, and that's what he wants to do. We yeah. are to be the ones to go and tell the story, and you're doing it beautifully. You write great books. You write books that are easy not only to read, but to comprehend, and they're high-impact books. Many will ask a mother, a grandmother, what about a child yeah. that dies? I have a whole chapter in the book about well, if Christ, trusting in Christ is the only way to be saved, what about a child or an infant too young? What happens to them? And let me say without a doubt, I know they go to heaven. And the way I know go to heaven, they go to heaven, is not through a hope or a wish, but what the Scripture says. God loves children. You look in the Old Testament, for example, God... Uh, delineates between children who don't know right and wrong from adults who do. There's one group that got exempted from the punishment of having to die in the wilderness instead of entering the promised land. It was those who could not distinguish between right and wrong, uh, Deuteronomy 1 says. And you know, could I just say, this book, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven, is designed not only to help 
equip Christians to believe this most essential truth. But it's a great book to give away to maybe that child or grandchild who's in college or on the high school secular campus and is being taught that all religions are basically the same and they're getting confused. This is a great book also to give as a witnessing tool to somebody who doesn't know Christ or a follower of another religion. It's a way to say compassionately, let me share with you the way and why I believe what I do. Would you like to say thanks to God and to Dr. Jeffrey? You have been, and this is, it's in the bookstores, and uh, you can go online and get it, or just uh, run down to the bookstore and get a copy. And then, like you said, consider getting one for someone else who may be searching, or they may even be skeptical, but God's given him a unique gift to answer serious question with a simplicity that you can understand it. And one thing you'll see without a doubt is the one who's writing not only loves you, but he's writing about the one who loves you redemptively through his son, Jesus. And this is your opportunity right where you are. And everyone comes like a child. You don't get there by being brilliant. You get there by the grace he offers. If you would simply ask and trust him with your life, Say, I want to lose it in your purpose for me. Change my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Give me the new life you offer. Would you ask him like a child right where you are? Would you just ask, Father, I want you to be my Father. Jesus, be my Savior. My Lord, change my life. I give you my life. I receive yours. You say it. You mean it. God said salvation is near you, even in your mouth, that you confess it and believe in your heart. If you just did that, call that number. The Lord said, confess me before others. It's one of the first steps you take. When you fall in love, you want people to know I'm in love. When you made that commitment to love God and receive his love, confess it. I'd love to send you a little book, a simple little Bible study called Knowing God as Father. A fatherless boy met the father. A little bit of that story is there and a simple Bible study. And then we will tell you at the end of the program too, if you'd like to have this book, we're going to give you an opportunity to touch someone with love. But we'd be happy to send it to you. Dr. Jeffress, you talked about what we do in missions. It shows people the love of God. Yes. Not in word only, but in yes. deed, in action. Now listen to me. Don't suddenly now, as a Christian, say, okay, I heard the message. Wait a minute. Somebody needs your prayers. Somebody needs what only you can offer. Please watch this. One of our friends on the mission field sharing the heart of God as well as her own. Please watch. told that people will come here and offer the mothers hope for their children in um, the way of a, a job in a hotel, offering them a trade. But in reality, that's not what happens. They're sold into 
trafficking, they become slaves somewhere. Listening to the girls talk about being tricked and sold in the sex traffic trade and how shameful they are and how broken they are, how they're beaten and locked in rooms for two years at a time, how they long for their mothers. I'm broken hearted over that. And I don't understand that kind of evil. I do understand that we can make a difference. And I do know that by supporting life outreach, we can change these lives. We can rescue these girls out of this situation and teach them a trade and change their lives. It may be one life at a time, but it's their life. It's such a touching thing for me to watch one of our friends. I actually did the wedding of Kyrie and her husband, Jimmy, some 30 years ago when they have a beautiful family and grandchildren. They're just precious. And from the time they began their journey and their marriage, they have supported our outreaches, and Kyrie has gone to the mission fields with us now for nearly 20 years as a homemaker and a grandmother that loves her family as much as anyone we've ever seen. And what she is sharing with you about someone being sold into sex trafficking, you can't imagine anyone doing that. It's hard to comprehend that a person that's poor or desperate could be misled or on purpose sell a child into that kind of slavery. How do you handle the, and comprehend that? First of all, Kyrie, thank you for being there and showing us the need, the hurt that's going on with these children, these precious girls that are so trapped, they're lied to, and then they're abused, and they're sold, and they're de degraded, and, and they have no hope for, li for life. They want to die. That girl said she wanted to die rather than live the way she's living. I, I can't say that I would blame her for feeling like that, but I want her to know there's hope. I want her to know there's someone that's seen what she's going through. And, and from watching this, how could we not want to reach out and help these precious girls, to give them a chance to be girls, to be young children that never thought they'd be ending up like this. But just because, James, sometimes they are told that there's a job out there that you can do, and then they get them trapped into this kind of lifestyle. Please reach out with us and let's help these precious girls. Let's show them the love of Jesus and the hope that they can have. I want you to join in a very specific prayer. First of all, for those who are trapped in sexual bondage that they would use and take advantage, not only in selling those precious people and girls, but using them. Those that are trapped by that kind of addiction or compulsive behavior, God, would you set them free through the miracle of your power and your grace and your love? And then I want you to pray for the missionaries and relief workers that risk everything to be there. But I want you to understand this. You are the ones, the viewers of life, who make it possible for the missionaries and relief workers to be there and for us to have the places to take care of them. It takes $128 to rescue one of those precious girls. 
Now, I've had some people tell me, oh my, I couldn't do that. Well, you can pray, but, but think about this. $32, think about that, $64, you get another person to join with you or three others to join, and we've got another person we can rescue with the resources necessary to make it happen. Is there a level at which you could help us? Would you not turn away and say, oh, that's not enough? Yes, it is. Because with that gift where you put that treasure that's been entrusted to your oversight, you will put your heart and prayers behind it. So would you right now go to lifetoday.org and just make the gift God put on your heart to give girls like that a chance at life and freedom? Would you do that? If you can give $128, I believe you will gladly. There are even some of you who can rescue 10 by making a $1,280 gift. Whatever you can do, I'm believing you'll do it. I think it's very important that you remember this is the last week uh, that we're asking for your help. Lifetoday.org or dial the number there on the screen. Use your bank card like a check. That's how you should always use it. Use it like a check and make the gift God impresses you to make. Remember this. You're sharing love and you're giving life. Thank you for doing it. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers you can help rescue those already enslaved, and you can restore their lives with hope for a future. Your gift today of only $128 will help rescue a child and change their destiny forever. With gifts of $64 or $32, we will combine your support with others to help rescue one more child from the shame and pain of sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Light of the World Scented Candle. This beautiful candle encased in a frosted glass burns with a wonderful scent. Its flame is a reminder of your part in being a light to the world, especially to young women trapped in the darkness of human trafficking. Your gift helps provide them with hope and a way out. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280 to help rescue 10 children, and you may request our beautiful new Majesty Bronze Sculpture. This is the last week. Please call write or make your secure gift online today. I think it's very important that you remember this is the last week uh, that we're asking for your help in Rescue Life. I mean, we really need a lot of support right now. If you'd like to have Dr. Jeffers' book, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven, this will give you understanding in so many ways of the wonderful grace you've been offered in Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. It'll also inspire you and enable you to better help others and point them effectively to the way. Join Betty and me saying thanks to Dr. Jeffrey. Oh, thank Dr. you all so much. You. Great to see you. Great to have you thank here. You. Thank all of you for your help and watching. Check out the stream. TheStream.org. Would you do that? And pray with us for the nation to be healed.
Next week, David and Nicole Crank both wondered if they'd been disqualified to serve in the ministry because of their past, but God saw things differently. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.